Hello everyone and welcome to The Wellness Pod, an initiative by the Wellness Committee at Vilnius College. I'm your host Malika and we're here today to make wellness accessible to you and to help you during these challenging times. We at The Wellness Pod don't believe that wellness is limited to the occasional face mask or jog, but is an investment you make towards your self-care and well-being. So we're here today to give you the tips and tricks that you can incorporate into your life and to give yourself the well-being and self-care you deserve. Consider us at the Wellness Pod to be your guide to leading a physical and mentally flourishing life. I'm your other host, Mpiwa, and today we are joined by somebody who's very special. You've probably seen her at the Chandana Dining Hall with her super cool outfits, or her super cool mask, or her super cool earrings. I know I have. <laughs> today we are joined by our Chandana Residential Life Officer, Olivia. Olivia, thank you so much for joining us. And before we get into the content of the show, we would like for you to tell us a bit about yourself and the work that you do at Yale Nivas College. Sure. So first, thank you so much, Mpiwa and Malika, for having me on. Um, hi, Yale Nivas community. Uh, my name is Olivia. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I am a residential life officer in Chandana College. Um, just to share a bit about myself, where I come from, um, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. It's one of the southern states in the U.S. I went to college out in Southern California to another liberal arts school, Pomona, where I was able to study religious studies and gender and women's studies. I think the thing that I valued most about my own college experience, though, was the chance to do community-centered work and like, get a taste of what community organizing and advocacy can look like. And so I'm really committed to that in my work at Yale and U.S. as well. Um, so things that I've been involved with have been you know, facilitating events around decolonizing academia, looking into survivor solidarity work. Um, I spent a lot of last year facilitating a series on transformative justice. So this is the type of work that I feel really committed to, um, as well as you know, my daily work of, of student care and, and student well-being. So I'm so thankful to get the chance to talk about wellness on this podcast and you know, share my own kind of resources for, for trying to be well, especially in these difficult times. Thank you so much for being with us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, so for today's episode, we've titled it Home Went Away. It's a play on the words home and away. And I'm curious, what makes home home to you? Mm, that's such a good question. Um, I think so relevant to so many members of our community as well, for whom home is a very difficult um, and often transition topic or space. For myself, um, you know, I did spend the first 18 years of my life in one place. Um, I didn't ever move during that period of time. And so I do still have a very strong connection to the place that I was born, the place where my family lives. I also grew up with my parents and my grandparents, um, so I feel a very strong connection to the space of, of that home. Um, but having been away for, so I was in college for four years, and I'm now in my third year of working at Yale U.S., so I've been away from home for almost eight years. And I think I, I think here in Singapore and at Yale U.S. as well, I have started to feel a sense of home for myself. Um, in a sense of shared community, shared commitment to other people. And I think when it comes to physical space, I imagine this is one of the reasons why Josh um, put me up for this podcast is I really enjoy like the space of my own home and living in a beautiful environment, uh, I think makes me feel more well. So like a lot of vibrant decorations. I think for me, home is something that I feel with other people, but it's also very tangible. Um, and it's about like surrounding myself with, with items and, and things that remind me of yeah, my own memories and ways to be happy. Nice. So you've already explained some of the strategies that you've employed to make yourself feel like your home in a way. So are there any other things that you've intentionally made sure that when you're home, even though you're away, 
you feel that sense of homeliness and warmth? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think for me, I love making things. Um, so I, I enjoy knitting, I enjoy cross-stitch, embroidery, drawing, and painting. Um, and those are activities that I think especially knitting, I, I learned growing up from my grandma. Um, so it's an activity that I've, I've been doing for you know, over a decade now. Um, and it does really bring me this strong sense of being at home, like watching TV with my family. Um, and I think I do find a lot of joy in being able to replicate that emotion for myself in a small way. That's amazing. And it's funny that you were talking about the arts and crafts that you do, because I have a couple of friends from Chandana who were like gushing about your earrings. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and, and I was like very excited to have you on this podcast because I was like, yes, <laughs> I get to see it too for myself too. So arts and crafts are essentially your self-care and your wellness. Um, what motivated you to incorporate this activity into your life? Mm, I, I think for me, it happened very naturally. Like I, so I you know, was knitting a lot when I was growing up. It was an activity that I would do with my grandma. Uh, and I think I, I really just had an aptitude for it. And I enjoyed the process of being able to sit and be still, but feel incredibly focused on something. Um, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but I really cannot you know, make myself meditate. I don't have the, the capacity to sit in that way and, and focus on myself. Um, and I think even when I do something like watching TV or going for a run, I still feel enormously distracted. So I, I need something that forces me to focus in a really intentional way to really access that space of rest. So I find things like knitting and embroidery as well. I have to I have to have a sharp focus or I'll you know, make some mistakes. Um, and that aspect of the type of craft, I think, really helps me to to relax, to find the time to process. And I enjoy also being able to make something beautiful for myself or, or someone else at the end of it. I'm curious. So I do, I do know that you live on campus and um, in such a residential setting, uh, especially during these times, it's easy to blur the lines with work and play. Um, how do you separate the two and how do you intentionally take that time to relax, especially because there's been such a big complaint about people not knowing how to set boundaries yeah, I think that's so true. And I imagine it's also so difficult for students like living and studying like all in such a contained space, more so now than before as well. For me, I've learned that I think maybe in the past I thought that I would just be able to fit these wellness activities around the chunks that I already had to fix. But without even realizing it, those chunks of necessary things, so like my employment, you know, the time that I spend with my friends, those just expand and expand like balloons and there's actually no space left for things that I just need to do for myself. Um, so I think the way that I try and navigate it is by really firmly protecting the time that I need to craft. Um, so I think some of my friends will have experienced this, so we'll be watching TV together and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to be working on my embroidery and I'll just be going and I like, won't even hear them speak. Um, and so I think by really like firmly being like, I'm going to use this time for this thing that I need for myself. Um, and I can have other things going on in the background, like people, movies, television, you know, even a podcast. Um, but I won't sacrifice on, on something that I've learned is so necessary for me. And I keep it very, I, I know that I have to make that commitment to myself. So you talked about how like you're defending that part of yourself so that you can set the boundary so that in case anything happens, you will always have time set aside for embroidery. Right? And I feel like that's something that everybody just should learn to set time aside for themselves. Even when things seem great, you know, you should always say, oh, okay, no, I need to set time aside. 
Yeah, which is which is a good thing during a pandemic. But at the same time as well, you know, um, I feel like a lot of our habits have been affected um, because of the pandemic, right? So even though there have been times when you're now setting boundaries, have you found yourself in a situation where you are altering, like, kind of like altering some of your self-care habits to kind of fit the context of a global pandemic or altering like, okay, before I used to relax like this, but now because of the global pandemic, I'm and lockdown, my relaxing and my unwinding looks like this. Definitely. Yeah, that's such a good question. Like so much of our so much of the way that we live daily life has shifted, even this. I think something that something that happened for me, which this more of coincided with the pandemic than anything else. Um, but around the start of Circuit Breaker in Singapore, I sadly developed like a chronic arm pain in my arms and so I wasn't able to do a lot of my activities. Um, it, I mean, in my mind, I was like during the time when I needed the most. <laughs> um, so it was it was a really big adjustment. Um, I think I was so prepared to cope with the same strategies that I always had coped with. And what I needed to learn, honestly, was to slow down even when it came to self-care. Um, I think, and this is for anyone who's an astrology fan out there, I'm an Aries sun. So I approach things with a lot of gusto and energy. And so when I'm doing my self-care, I'm like, I will embroider for six hours, you know, I will finish this massive project in one day. Like, I just have all the energy for it. Um, but I think over the past months, I've had to come to terms with the fact that my body is not always ready for that anymore. Um, and so I think it, I think so much of what I've learned during this pandemic time is that you just cannot always control the pace that life is going to need to move at. Um, I didn't expect to have to experience that physically for myself as well. Um, but I think navigating that has been very helpful in learning even with the ways that I practice self-care I also have to be mindful and make sure that I am nourishing myself during that time um, that I'm not just doing it like out of a rhythm when it's actually you know maybe causing me additional anxiety or, or hurt this is something that new that you've learned during this period is there anything else that you've learned living in such a residential community at YMC new things that you've discovered about yourself maybe even things that students or like other campus members um, have taught you about yourself? I think something that I love so much about my job is that I get to learn things from people every day. Um, I think something that I've learned over the past months is how important human interaction is to me. Um, you know, having to, <laughs> having to really adjust um, one's entire life <laughs> uh, is, it definitely was a, I think I've always identified as an introvert because I I don't enjoy group settings. I really love, I think it's part of the reasons why I enjoy my job. I like meeting with people one-on-one, -on -one, you know, talking with them about what they're going through, you know, encouraging them and supporting them. So I always interpret that as like, I am an introvert. I do not like groups or parties. Um, but actually that one-on-one -on -one connection was so sustaining for me and is so sustaining for me. And I think through the process of talking with people and students as well who felt similarly, um, Needing, knowing that I really have to prioritize that, even in times when human interaction is really difficult. Um, and that's another thing that I just have to make it work and find creative ways to do so. I think we all had to find very creative ways to stay connected to people. But I think you don't realize how essential it is until it becomes difficult to do. So how would you recommend um, students of YNC uh, who are doing like online or even campus schooling to prioritize discovering those creative ways about themselves and how to, yeah, to take care of themselves? I think I would say 
you know, experiment even when you when you don't feel like qualified or like you don't feel you have the skills. Um, so I think I, I will hopefully show you all later a piece of embroidery that I made that um, is something that I'm very proud of, but it was actually the first like significant piece of embroidery that I made. Um, and it's on a tote bag that I carry around every single day. And I'm really proud of it because I really had no experience with embroidery before this, but I was still able to create something that I was very proud and, and happy of. And it's definitely not perfect. And I honestly, I had no idea what I was doing at the time, but just taking that first step into experimenting, even though I think there were a lot of you know moments at which I was like, oh, I really, I don't have the skills to work on this. So I think just being willing to take that leap. And I think something, and when it comes to prioritizing, something that is still hard for me is knowing I must, you know, I must actually dedicate like some of my budget to buying crafting supplies. You know, I just want to not have to do that. I would like for my wellness to not be something that costs money. But at the same time, in this current world, I know that I really need these self-care activities to be well. And so I need to factor that also into the way that, you know, I structure other aspects of my wellness, like my financial wellness. Especially on that point, given that so many of us, the way we see wellness is not on the same page as we see like investments into your career or other fields of life. And so it totally makes sense to, you know, buy the arts and crafts if it's going to make an investment, if you're making an investment towards your well-being and your mental health. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up because I definitely see it similarly. I definitely am hesitant to buy things that will better my mental well-being and mental health, but I'm trying to make that change. So I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. But speaking of, I did mention earlier that I had like a slump during college and I know that I'm definitely not alone as a college student and you being an ILO are bound to have encountered super stressed students, especially during this pandemic and trying to adjust to new settings in college. How do you advise students to, or anyone for that matter, to avoid this productivity contest that is all over social media and to take that work, that time that you need for yourself? That is so real. Um, I, I was just saying to a friend of mine the other day, who my friend um, has been out of work for a little bit of time, and I think in my mind when I look at this person, I'm like, oh wow, like you have the time to rest. You know, I would enjoy that, um, but I think to them, they look at me and they're like, oh my God, you have employment that's stable. Like I, That's where I need. I think it really makes you think about you. Know, the only times that we get to rest are the times when we feel like we can't actually rest. And I think unlearning that mindset is so difficult. Something that I ask people to do when they, when they do talk to me about this type of situation is asking someone when their pressures are grounded in external things or whether it's something that they feel they're placing onto themselves. Because I think the reality of, of so much of our life is that we experience these external pressures, you know, the tests, the essays, the deadlines. But then when we have moments of pause, like we replicate that stress for ourselves. And so something that I try to share with people and also something that I try to tell myself is, why do I place this additional pressure? Because I am going to experience it from other spaces and I have to find ways to cope with it as best I can. But the thing that I can actually control is placing pressure on myself and trying to look into is that desire for, is that pressure that I'm creating for myself, is it really grounded in what I actually need in this present moment? Is it actually serving me in any way? And trying to just ask our own minds those difficult questions uh, about how we think and how we act as a result. I definitely needed to hear that because especially during recess week, I found myself stressing about like the end of SEM. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're, we're already halfway through the first SEM. End of SEM, what am I going to do after that? What am I going to do during winter break? 
we it's like our minds really create these things for us to be pressured about you yeah. know but long before we have to actually tackle those challenges i think it's also because we're still unused to taking time where it's like you don't have anything impending um so that's really interesting you can take it to winter break now and sort of talking about it yeah so you know winter break in 2020 it looks like a lot of students won't be going home so that's a big thing because usually christmas break is associated with you staying with your family and you know spending time with your dogs and your cats and if they are at home and all of that so what would you recommend to students especially who will be staying on this campus you know um and to continue to like like you've already talked about financial wellness and budgeting and investing in actually like taking care of your well-being like what practical steps would you give them to start that so that they can normalize you know investing in their wellness as well as you know like making their home went away that's yeah that's definitely very pertinent for so many people right now i think there are two different strategies that will work for different people i, I think for some people for whom like scheduling things rigidly is not sustaining, then I would really encourage like to just luxuriate in the lack of structured time. You know, to not force yourself to meet certain things, to not be like, I'm gonna you know, draw one picture every day. Um, but I think for other people who thrive on that type of structure, to notice that about yourself and to make sure to create it for yourself. So I know that like for myself, even during periods of break, I feel very lethargic if I don't have things motivating me. And I'm really motivated by other people. And so I have to set a structure for myself that involves responsibility to others. So doing something nice for a friend, you know, running an errand with someone. Like even just having one of these things in each day makes me feel a bit more well. But I think to some other people that I know, like other friends or colleagues, like what they need most is a break from that type of structure. So I think trying to, to ascertain, you know, what what calls to you the most? Like, what do you need the most out of that time? Um, and I think really committing yourself and your mind to doing it. So if you're like me and you need the structure, like being aware from that from the get-go, you know, being certain that you're going to actually carve out that structured space for yourself. But if you're not, like then being firm and strong about the boundaries and making sure that you don't create added scheduled pressure for yourself unintentionally. Yeah, that's completely relatable. I think um, I would say I'm the one who would sometimes want a structure and then sometimes wouldn't want a structure. <laughs> so I guess it's like a hybrid of sorts. Yeah. What about, um, you know, right now we've talked about there's so much individualism that we, o- we always need to account for when it comes to practicing wellness, right? But then um, sometimes in, in, like too much individualism can become quite dangerous for people, especially when it comes to international students like myself. Um, who get homesick um, quite frequently. I've been homesick this past weekend. Um, it's one of those things that I find to be because I stay. I spend a lot of time on my own. So, yeah, would you say that spending time with people is also a way of self-care? Definitely, yeah. I think that, I mean, I think people have been, there have been some great, like, writings and Instagram work as well on, like, community care versus self-care or the ways in which community care is a very real and tangible form of self-care. I think it's nice to 
take the things that I really love doing and try and incorporate the people that I care about into them. So I have a, a group of um, other women colleagues and we embroider together you know, twice a month. I find a lot of enjoyment out of that because we're all there to embroider and to focus, but it's nice to share the space with people who I know understand the challenges of what we're going through. So I think finding ways to incorporate what gives you life about solitude into your time with other people um, so that it doesn't feel like overwhelming socializing. It still has that joy of being alone, but also the beauty of connecting with someone else over something that you both care about. And I think when it comes to winter housing in general, something that's going to be so key is remembering that there are many of us on this campus who are in this position, alone, like without family. And it's not always, or it maybe won't always feel intuitive to be like, oh, if I talk to someone else who's experiencing the same thing, that's not going to make me feel better. But I think the solidarity and the, the trust in someone knowing about your experience is a very beautiful thing. It's not the same as being home, but there definitely is a lot of joy and wonder, I think, that we can find from each other in that time. Since we are on the topic of winter and winter break, what are your winter plans? Is, is embroidery <laughs> part of this? <laughs> it definitely is. Um, yes, I will be here. My family um, will all be in the U.S. together, but they very kindly have created a list of activities that they are like, oh, okay, we will set up some online access for you for these things. So I'm very thankful for them for doing that. But I would super encourage anyone else, like their you know, murder mystery dinner party, like you know, even just like a, a Zoom for holidays that you celebrate. Having that, I think, is, is going to be a nice structure for myself. I will, I will definitely be doing a lot of embroidery. Um, I think I will take the time to try and hand make Christmas gifts for all the members of my family and extended family. So I think I, I'm trying to, to recognize that having this time is also, you know, I, I can do something for myself with it. Um, and I will also be here if anyone wants to come and say hi or embroider with me. You're welcome to hit me up. Olivia, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to say to the YNC community? No, I think that's it. Um, other than thank you both so much for, for having me and also for being such amazing podcast hosts. Thank you so much, Olivia, for joining us. I'm, I'm inspired. I'm sure and who is inspired. It's been amazing. And thank you for joining us at the Wellness Pod. And we'll see you for more episodes. And also for more behind the scenes footage, you can definitely follow us at Yellen US Wellness. It is our Instagram page and we have so much coming up.